0: Alrighty everyone. Welcome back. Monday morning. Wow, I am excited for this week. Things have just been working out so nice lately. It looks like things are trending in the right direction from a perspective of coronavirus life in general. And I tell you what, I've been having a fantastic time lately, and I hope you all are as well. But hey, enough about me. I know what you come here for, the news. So we'll start off on a high note, actually, pricing. Today, as of recording right now, WTI price is at $42.43, higher than what we've been accustomed to, but prices will continue to test at the $41 to $42 range if it doesn't creep up slightly. But there's some things coming up that could influence it. A little bit more on that later. Rig count. Rigs in the U.S., 244 which is down 691 on a year-to-date basis. And inventories. I'd like to start including the inventories in these updates because, uh... It's not as depressing anymore, and it looks like, like I said, we're moving in a positive direction. So, the most recent report of crude inventories was from the 7th, showed a 4.5 million barrel drawdown from the previous report, and increased refinery activity with respect to gasoline, but decreased activity for distillate fuel production. Even so, you want to keep an eye out, as U.S. oil inventory data due out this Tuesday and Wednesday will influence that, also combined with jobless claims expected Thursday. For signals how the economy is faring amid the coronavirus pandemic, these are good benchmarks and will likely influence prices and inventories. But, i got a quick little tidbit before we launch into our biggest stories. OPEC took the time to discuss the factors threatening the oil sector's recovery and wrote, The latest surge of infections in the United States will need to be closely monitored as a continuation of this trend may lead to an erosion in rebounding consumer confidence and spending behavior. Well, when I read this, I gotta say I was a little confused because I see plenty of Americans continuing to spend, whether that's on Amazon or out at restaurants, and countries that aren't having outbreaks like we do will likely still spend on some things that they like. I'm not necessarily saying the United States is handling the pandemic well. I'm just saying, from my personal speculations, it seems like a bit of a jab from OPEC, as the US has become a very easy target for comments like this. But Next up, things are getting hot in these parts. and No, I'm not talking like that, unfortunately. I'm talking temperatures in the western half of the United States. Here in Colorado, the heat, likely combined with human negligence, has spurred many wildfires across the state. Just this morning, as I walked outside, I ride a scooter to work, and uh, there was ash on the seat today that has fallen from the sky and just kind of accumulated everywhere. Texas is now experiencing record-high heat, and California is struggling to keep cool as well. Overall, the southwest is just getting lit up with these high temps. If we go to the extremes, Death Valley recently recorded a temperature of 130 degrees. If verified, this could be the hottest recorded temperature since 1931 at least, the most scorching day in August ever, and the third highest temperature ever recorded. While this doesn't sound pleasant, there is a small positive for the energy sector increased energy demand for cooling. This increased demand for power has resulted in higher electric prices for consumers, which, in turn, influence natural gas prices for the better. I'm talking price jumps of up to 15 cents, which is highly significant, considering the price is usually in the $2 to $3 range, if not lower thanks to years like 2020. In fact, gas prices haven't been this high since December of 2019. To me, the most interesting part about all of this That Rare Petro's Kevin Olson predicted this to the T on April 22nd in his periodical titled Natural Gas Rebound Poised for Recovery Before Crude Oil Why the Market Has Priced Electricity and Liquid Fuel Demand into Commodity Prices. Four months, people. That's some good insight and research which could have afforded you very valuable trades or backed your business decisions. Now, while Kevin did not account for record high temperatures, as a matter of fact, he's not a meteorologist, just a smart researcher. He backed most of his claims with continued energy use for cooling and heating in the upcoming months, from summer to winter, and so far, he hit the nail on the head. Natural gas prices, percentage-wise, rebounding much faster than oil, and those inventories, comparatively, are getting drawn down in gas's favor. Four months, again, that's, that's insane. If you aren't already sold on the idea, just go to rarepetro.com to subscribe to the periodical content that Kevin produces weekly. Follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud, and keep an eye on what we say. Decide for yourself whether or not our accurate expert level analysis is something that you want in your life. But enough on that. Next up, I'd like to talk a little bit about money. Money. We're all thinking about it, especially now. Could be running short, could be running long, but always on our minds. More specifically, we're going to talk about how the value of the dollar continues to shrink. Since coronavirus started, many stimulus packages and deals have been announced in an attempt to put some money into the pockets of people who needed it. Well, that's how it started off a couple of months ago. Soon, small businesses started to receive money, and then large corporations also attempted to get in on the deals. While this short-term financial bonus helped out a lot of families, businesses, and individuals, it does have some potential consequences. June was a hell of a month for that. Now that we can look back at it, at least. Pintera Capital CEO Dan Moorhead summed it up nicely with a fun little statistic saying, The United States printed more money in June than in the first two centuries after its founding. Last month, the U.S. budget deficit, $864 billion, was larger than the total debt incurred from 1776 through the end of 1979. While this statistic does seem a little foolish, considering the value of the dollar is vastly different than it was in the 1700s, I mean, if I went back with what I had in my wallet today, I would probably be considered royalty, but by today's standards, (laughs) a little bit short of that. But even so, if we look at the end of that range, 1979 wasn't that long ago. According to Moorhead, the first trillion dollars printed by the US was used to defeat the British imperialists buy Alaska and the Louisiana Purchase, defeat fascism, end the Great Depression, build the interstate highway system, and go to the moon. Talk about stretching the dollar. Why is this significant to oil and gas? Well, let's take the perspective of, uh, let's say, France, where they operate on the euro. While the value of the dollar has been falling, the value of the euro has a little bit of a different story. It's kind of been appreciating. This means that France imports of U.S. oil will be comparatively cheaper than perhaps a few years ago. While Brent crude oil prices rose 19% in the standard of the U.S. dollar, it really only rose 12% in the context of the euro as a result of this value spread. While the value of the euro and the dollar are responding to the same economic information, they continue to move in the opposite direction. This means that France will likely buy more U.S. oil for the same price, And in the short term, this is very nice. U.S. inventories will continue to decrease as other countries get a better deal on U.S. oil, allowing more producers to come back. Domestic producers, U.S. producers, that is, I'd like to clarify. Unfortunately, broadening the scope of analysis to include the future results in some potentially bleak outcomes. Implications of the weakening dollar could simply lead to a period of massive inflation. Continuing to print more money while the country is already buried in debt Not to mention the fact that the dollar isn't exactly backed by gold anymore. Well, that right there is a recipe for disaster, my friends. Inflation effects might be hidden in asset prices at the moment, and there could be a temporary period of deflation for consumers, as we observed in Australia last month. But moving forward, well, really anything is possible. But folks, that is all I have for the week. I know it was maybe fewer stories in volume, but they were stretched out in length, so really... I hope you were able to learn just a little bit of something with this time you had today. And if you would like to keep learning with me and Rare Petro as a team, please, like I said, go to rarepetro.com, subscribe to any of the Basin content, the periodicals that are pushed out weekly, lots of podcasts coming through, and little birdie told me that a tech podcast specifically centered around oilfield technology, its growth, change, All of that fun stuff could be in the works. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, please subscribe to the podcast. If that doesn't sound interesting, go ahead and let me know. You can contact me at podcast at rarepetro.com. Send me an email. Let us know what you want to hear. Let me know what I got wrong. Let me know if I'm spewing misinformation. We would love to hear from you. But that is all we have. It's the end of the show. And until I see you next time, take care, friends.